Have you ever been afraid? Anybody ever been afraid in, in their lifetime? I, I'm a, okay, a couple of you good. Uh, a couple of you are honest. The rest of you, are, I'm a man. Uh, let me tell you a story. A uh, couple years ago, I went out to my in-laws' uh, property. They own some property out just south of Eureka on Fall River, and family likes to go out and hang out. And, and so I was doing one of those, you just going out every once in a while. I like to kind of get rejuvenated. I just go out by myself and hang out there, spend the night, and, uh, and just enjoy uh, God's creation. I think, and I pray, and I write stuff down. And So I'd gone out there one afternoon, one evening I went out, and uh, I got there, and the first thing that I did was I started a fire in the little fire pit by the camper. And there's just about nothing better, right, than being outside in nature in front of the fire pit. The fire was roaring. It was great. I watched the sun go down in the west, and I was just bundled up there, and it was warm and cozy. I watched the stars come out. It was just awesome. It's just really cool to be out there in nature and to see all that stuff happening. You can hear the animals and stuff. And, and I just was really peaceful, really great. I was just kind of praying and talking to God and, and thinking. And it was just like, it was just fabulous. It was just absolutely wonderful. Just out there in nature, it was great. And then after a while, you know, it got darker. The stars got brighter. And I was like, man, this is just awesome. And then way off in the distance, I heard a coyote howl. A little smile broke across my face. Oh, you know, nature is so great. God, this is wonderful. This night is just, it's so perfect. It's just great being here in front of the fire, and I'm so comfortable. A little while passes, and then I hear a couple coyotes, coyotes start to, to howl. And, and I'm like, Ooh, there's more. I sit there a little bit while longer, and, and life is just great. You know, the fire's going, I'm watching the fire. Pretty soon, I, I hear a couple more coyotes, coyotes, coyotes. I don't know why I'm saying that. Coyotes start to howl, and, 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 and they, it's getting louder, right? And I'm like, okay. Like, I, I got this. I, I, I'm picturing in my mind, you know, I'm sitting there by the fire, and I know behind me to the east is the road. On the other side of the road, it's an open field. And the river goes on the north side of that field. And then, and then way farther, a long way farther east, there's a hedgerow back there. And in my mind, I could just picture the coyotes begin to, to gather and they're talking to each other and, and right in the edge of that hedgerow, right in the tree line, they're kind of running around, you know, how you doing, how you been, Carl, I don't know what they call each other, um, but they're talking, you know, and everything and I'm, and I'm like, that's still a long ways away and, and then they start to howl a little more and it starts to get a little louder and I start to tell that there's different coyote voices out there. And I'm like, okay, it, it's cool. Look, I know they're out there. It's still a long ways away. I don't know the last time I heard about a pack of coyotes killing a person. <laughs> so I'm probably all right. Like, I don't think animals come in when there's, there's fire in a camp. Like, I think they just stay away, right? And then they got louder. And I'm sitting there all by myself next to the fire. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
Coyotes don't like fire. There can't be that many of them. I'm a man. They should be afraid of me, right? Eventually, (laughs) they howl again. Two seconds. I'm out of that chair in the camper. I got the door locked, the lights on. I'm good. Freaked me out. Like I knew in my head, they're on the other side of the road. They're coming over. It's like dinner time, right? They're like roast beast. This is awesome because I'm sure they're going to run in the camp. I'm going to fall in the fire. I'm going to get cooked. Uh, rare, probably. Well, I don't. And, and then they're going to eat me and it's going to be all over. I'm in the camper. Doors locked. I'm good. I'm, I'm safe. Now I have no shame telling you that story. And here's why. Because I have a friend, and I won't tell you who he is. But he's, I, I think he's manlier than I am, right? He's an outdoorsy guy, likes to be outside, got guns and all that stuff. I happen to know a couple different occasions that he was out in the woods hunting and the sun began to set and as it did, he ran back to his truck because he was absolutely convinced that the squatch was very near and going to eat him. So I'm not a big scaredy cat. Because I am afraid of the squatch. Coyotes, there's lots of them. I, anyway. You may not be afraid of Sasquatch, and you may not be afraid of uh, coyotes out in the wilderness, but you have been afraid before, and I know that because we've all been afraid before. And there's really like three categories of things that I think we are afraid of, areas where we really have fear. Um, We get afraid of, of things, right? We fear things, things we can see, things... Things we can touch. We're afraid of, of things sometimes. We're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of the boogeyman, maybe creepy crawlies. I have some friends who moved into a new house over the wintertime. Um, it's an old farmhouse, but it's new to them. In the last month, they have found six snakes under their house and in their house. I'm gone. Like, I, one snake, I'm out of there. Burn the house down, move to another town. That's, I'm, I don't do that. I don't care. And they go, oh, black snakes are good. I don't care. The only good snake is a dead snake, Brock. I, like, I, I, don't even, I don't even care. I don't, venomous, as far as I'm concerned, every single snake wants to eat you, kill you, and eat you. That's it. I don't, little gardener snakes? Come here, kids, look at this snake. Now, I'm not going to touch it. You touch it. I don't, I don't like, we, we fear things. They're just things that we are afraid of, but we also fear thoughts. There are thoughts that we have. We, I, I, I wonder who he's texting, right? We're afraid of, of that. Is the next pink slip going to come to me? If I buy this baby formula, will I have enough money for rent? There are thoughts that cause us to fear. But I think the thing that we fear the most is not things and not thoughts. We fear the most the unknown. Will she leave me? Is it cancer? Will this last? 
Will things ever get better? And, and if fear is not balanced by faith, then it can keep us from living the lives God knows we're capable of. And so this last week, I looked through the Bible, and I was like, okay, how many times has fear played a part in the lives of people that we read about in, in Scripture? And, and there's lots of times you can find that fear is mentioned. Let, let me just share a few of them from Scripture that I pulled out. Adam, remember the first guy, Adam, he blamed fear for avoiding his time with God. Remember he said, I was naked and afraid, and so he hid. Abraham and Sarah blamed fear for their lying. They were afraid, and so they lied. The servant who gave one coin, uh, was given one coin in Luke chapter 19, he blamed fear for his lack of effort and ingenuity. Peter allowed fear to take his eyes off Jesus when he got out of the boat and was walking on the water. And King Saul, he blamed fear for causing him to break his own law and seek the advice of a medium. And we've been in this series in 1 Samuel, we're wrapping it up today, and most of 1 Samuel has introduced us to three main characters. We saw Samuel, the, the prophet, the judge, the priest of, of Israel. He was born and given to God in the very beginning of the book. And then Samuel is the guy who anoints Israel's first king, King Saul. And King Saul was like, man, he was the bomb. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was a great specimen of a man. Strong, handsome, good, everything. And then we're introduced to this young, humble guy named David. And we've looked at, at different parts of Samuel's life and, and Saul's life and David's life. And, and we're going to wrap up this series much the way that 1 Samuel wraps up with the demise of Saul. Saul was king of Israel, but really he was the king of fear. Throughout his story, we see him afraid more than not. He's afraid of Goliath. He's afraid of his men. He's afraid of the Philistines. He's afraid of David. He's afraid of other kings. And he's afraid of losing his reign as king. What we see from the life of Saul, more than his accomplishments, more than his strength, more than his construction projects, which were numerous in the kingdom, more even than his administrative abilities, is what happens when you let fear control you. So what was true for Saul is true for you and I today. Fear keeps you from what faith keeps you for. And it's kind of tricky. I want you to think about that a little bit, and we'll talk about it the rest of the morning. But fear keeps you from what faith keeps you for. So we're going to look at a bunch of Scripture this morning because it's going to kind of give us this wrap-up to the series today. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 28, 3 through 20. So uh, if you have your phones out, your uh, Bible on your phone, you got a paper Bible. If you're following along on the notes page at reallifecc.us and then click on my message notes, you can follow along. The scriptures are all there. Uh, or you can follow along on the screen. We're going to kind of wrap up Saul's life here. Now Samuel was dead. 
And all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town in Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. Now, the writer's just setting up what's going to happen next, okay? Saul expelled the mediums from Israel a long time ago, but he's just like reminding everybody that he did that. Verse 4, the Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul, Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Imagine that. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium so I may go and inquire of her. Now the men tell them that there is one in this city called Endor. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, uh, as she should, surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Now, I think this is funny, but Saul swears to her by the Lord. And he says, as surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished. Now, I find that funny because Saul was following God's command already to get rid of all the mediums and spiritists out of Israel. And then he swears by the God who doesn't like mediums that you're not going to die. I just find that kind of comical. Okay. Saul swore to her, not going to kill you. The woman asked, who shall I bring up for you? And he says, bring up Samuel. Then the woman saw, uh, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. And the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He's an old man wearing a robe, she said, and then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down. He prostrated himself with his face to the ground. So he got down on his face and his belly, and he put his hands up in the air. Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Here's Saul's response. I am in great distress, he says, filled with terror, right, and fear. The Philistines are fighting against me. God has departed from me. He no longer answers me either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. The Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground filled with fear because of Samuel's words. Now, before we break down that um, passage and look a little more deeply at, at Saul's life and his pattern for life and how his life is summed up in this story, I want to give you um, a tip. And so I'm just going to take a second out 
of the message and just share a couple things with you just for free, okay, um, today. So uh, just kind of mentally set Saul's story off for a second and let me talk to you just about some real life stuff because I love you and I want the best for you. I want you to know this. Just some thoughts I had going through Saul's life. Here's the first one. If you don't know what to do, don't do what you know not to do. Does that make sense? You follow that? If you don't know what to do in your life, don't do what you know not to do. It seems pretty simple, but, but look, if you're not sure which direction God wants you to go, don't go in the direction you already know He doesn't want you to go in. I see this all the time. Let me, let me break it down a, l- a little more. If you're not sure what job to take, okay? Like you don't know, you got several options. On, if you're not sure what job to take, don't take the job at the showboat uh, bikini and sports resort. Just don't do that. And so what happens is, so many times we go... I don't know which direction to go. I don't know what God wants me to do. Like God's not answering me or I'm not hearing or I just don't know what to do. And so we end up doing something that we know God wouldn't want us to do. We well, God didn't tell me. So I just go off and do this thing. I know there are times in life where where you're afraid where you're not sure what to do, when when your answer is late, when your bills are piling up, when you can't see a way out of the situation you're in. I know that. I've been there. I've felt that before. But fear is not an acceptable excuse to walk away from faith. So often we get afraid of what might happen and we end up doing something that brings about the very thing we're afraid of. We see that in Saul all the time. He was afraid, and so he sinned. He did what he knew God did not want him to do because he was afraid over here. Look, the only honest faith any of us have, we talk about faith all the time, but the only honest faith any of us have is is the faith that is present when the answer or the way or the means isn't present. Okay, we, we got to make sure that you get this. The only time you really experience faith in your life is when the answer isn't there, or the means isn't there, or the way to get wherever it is you want to go isn't there. If the means there and the ways there and the answer is there, you don't need faith to get you through. Faith only shows up when those other things aren't present. Look, it takes zero faith to go into debt. Well, I don't have the money for this thing that I want or this bill that needs to be paid, so I'm going to put it on a credit card. Zero faith to go into debt. It takes zero faith to steal from someone so you can pay for yourself. Zero faith. You don't have to have any faith to do that. Take from what somebody else has. It takes zero faith When you know you can make it without God. Hmm. This is why Jesus said it's difficult for the wealthy to go to heaven. Because the wealthy don't need faith. They have their finances. I don't need to trust God. I can trust my 401k. I can trust my account over here. I got money in the savings account. That's why he says it's difficult 
It, it is because we don't need to have faith when we have plenty of finances. And, and so look, we often think that faith is going to keep us from experiencing hard times in our life or struggles or difficulties. And we go, well, if I just have faith in Jesus, he'll take care of all my problems. But that's not the case. Faith doesn't keep you from falling. Faith helps you jump. Sometimes we, we think, I'm going to get in my life and I'm going to get in this place and I don't know what to do. Faith is going to protect me. Faith is going to keep me from falling in whatever's going on in my life. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not faith. Faith doesn't keep you from falling. Faith helps you jump off the edge because you know that whatever happens, God is going to be there. God's going to get me. God's going to save me. So whatever's going on in your life today, you already know what you shouldn't do. Like we get that. We know. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, don't do what. We know those things. We just don't know what to do, so we end up doing the things we know not to do. Don't do that. Okay. All right, let's jump from that free advice for you back into what we're talking about this morning. The passage we just read in, in chapter 28 really sums up the whole life of Saul. And this pattern that we have seen Saul repeat over and over again. It starts with Saul being afraid of something. In, in the text today, it comes in verse 5. Saul is afraid of the Philistine army. Samuel is already dead, so he can't talk to Samuel. And God won't answer him. And so he's afraid. By the way, do you know why, have we been through this already, do you know why God's not answering Saul? Because Saul keeps sinning. He keeps doing the wrong thing. He does what he knows he's not supposed to do. And he keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. And he goes, I don't know why God's not talking to me. Hello, McFly. Is that too old for you? Do you get that reference? Okay. So Saul like just continues, he continues in sin, and then he's upset that God's not answering him. And Samuel's like, dude, stop doing this stuff you know you're not supposed to do, and God will respond to you. And so it starts with Saul being afraid of something, being afraid of the Philistines, God's not talking to him, Samuel's dead, and it happens over and over and over again in his reign. And that fear that he has causes him to seek relief from that because nobody likes living in fear right we don't like not knowing what's going to happen when is the money going to come to pay that bill when am I going to get the answer from the doctor we don't like living in that state of fear and so we seek relief through sin and so Saul was afraid and then he was like, I got to do something. I'm, I'm, I don't want to feel this way. And so I'm going to do something because doing something is better than doing nothing, right? That's what we kid ourselves with. And so he goes and does something he knows he shouldn't do. So instead of faith, Saul gives in to fear. Verse 7, he tells his men to find a medium. Find somebody who can tell me the future. And it's hard because she's far away because Saul has already kicked them all out of Israel because God told him to do that. So he is now not going to enforce a law that he instituted 
that came from God. See, he's doing what he knows he's not supposed to do. And then what happens? Saul is confronted with the consequences of his actions, his sin. And guess what? He's afraid again. <laughs> so he calls Samuel up, this medium, this calls Samuel up. Samuel talks to him, he's like, dude, you've done it again. You blew it again. And now, tomorrow, you're going to die and your kids are going to die and your reign is going to be over. And now Saul is full of fear again. Oh no, what do I do? And so here's the pattern of Saul's life. He's afraid of something. And to find relief for that fear, he sins. That sin has consequences. And when he finds out what the consequences are, he's afraid. Which causes him to sin. Which causes him to fear. How much stage do I have? Which causes him to sin. Which causes him to fear. So he's caught up in this circle over and over and over again. He just can't seem to get out every time. He's afraid, and so he does something he knows he shouldn't. When Saul was chosen king, he was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was tall, he was strong, he was handsome. He was Israel's version of McSteamy and McDreamy all rolled into one. That's Saul. He's like the perfect specimen of a man, right? He's strong, he's big, he's capable. And God's desire was that Saul would lead the people of Israel back to God. That was what Saul's job was as king, to lead the people to God. And that he would do that by the example of his own faith. So as Saul trusted God, as Saul did what God wanted him to do, the nation would follow. But fear keeps you from what faith keeps you for. Had Saul exercised even a little faith, he would have defeated his enemies, he would have turned the nation back to God, he would have established his rule and the reign of his family on the throne of Israel, and it might never have ended. But instead, Saul let fear control his thoughts and his actions. And so he never became who God knew he could be. He never accomplished what God knew he was capable of. And so many of us today fall into that same trap. We never become who we could be because we're paralyzed by fear. The fear of the unknown. Instead of having faith in the one who knows everything. So instead of waiting for God because we don't know what to do, we do what we know not to do. Look, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your future. He knows the steps that you're going to take. The scripture says that, that man plans out their life, but God directs his steps. And so God is with you. And it doesn't matter whether you've been in church for a long time or today is the first time you've been in church in forever. God has been directing your steps. And they led, him to, led you here today and he wants to continue to direct your steps, but it requires you to live and to think and to act by faith and not fear. 
And not faith in your own ability, in your own smarts, in your own finances, but faith in Him and His plan. And when you exercise faith in God, and when you trust Him even in the faith of fear, He will bring you to the future that He's been keeping just for you. Fear will keep you from that future. And it doesn't mean that that God will abandon you. It doesn't mean that God hates you. It just means that you won't accomplish all the things that you could if you were walking by faith and fully trusting in Him. So let me give you an example of this. We've been looking at Saul and and Saul's pattern for life, and and we know that Samuel has already anointed David to be the next king, right? We know David is going to come, but but during this time, while while Saul is having fear, David is on the run, right? He's fleeing from Saul because Saul is trying to kill him. And so look what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Like Saul, the text says that David is greatly distressed. So David and his men went off to to fight a battle. When they came back, another nation had come in, had destroyed their town, their, their, their city or their camp there, had taken all the women and children and taken them hostage. And they came back home, David and all his men, and all the women and children are gone. And the guys who were fighting for David are like, David, what happened? We trusted you. You were going to protect us. You're God's guy. And and now all our families are gone. What are we going to do? It says that David was greatly distressed because he feared that his men were going to stone him. That's a good reason to be afraid, right? I think they're going to kill me. But look at the end of that verse. David found strength in the Lord his God. Completely different from Saul, right? Saul was afraid and he sinned. David was afraid and yet he renewed his strength because of his faith in God. Here's the difference between fear, the fear of Saul and the faith of David. When Saul sinned, he just repeated his sin. He just did it again. And he just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. When David sinned, he repented of the sin. Saul repeated his sin and David repented. And the word repent is, is a churchy word, all right? We don't really, you know, hear that at a workplace, you know, you really should repent of that. Uh, nobody talks like that. But in the church, we use that word. And, and here's what it means. It just means to change direction. If you're going this way and you repent, you're now going this way, right? It means to change direction, to change your mind. When David sinned, he changed direction and once again followed God. When Saul sinned, he continued to repeat the same sin. What about you? Do you allow yourself in your life to be consumed by fear? Or do you counter fear with faith? Here's the thing about fear. Fear causes us to step back from the what-ifs of life. You know the what-ifs, right? What if it is cancer? What if she does leave? What if it is going to end? You know the what-ifs. Fear causes us to step back from the what-ifs in life. I don't know the future, the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. And so we step back. But faith causes us to step forward from what is. 
See, fear looks ahead and goes, I don't know what's going to happen, and so I'm afraid and I'm going to hold back. And, and fear says, I know, or faith says, I know what's here, I know what is, I'm going there. I, I'm going wherever God's leading. I'm going to whatever the next thing is from God. And so are you going to continue to repeat the same old sins in fear of what if, never becoming what God has created you to be? Or are we going to follow God's lead in faith and step forward from what your life is and into what your life could be? It all hinges on faith. Do you have the faith to say no to that sin? You know that sin, that thing you know that you're not to do, but you keep doing it anyway? Do you have the faith to find, just go, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. This is not going to control my life. I'm going to repent of this and turn direction instead of repeating it. Do you have the faith to say no to him or no to her when you know that they're leading you in a place you shouldn't go? Do you have the faith to say no to the way things have been or are you going to continue to repeat the same failures of your past and then wonder why nothing has changed and why you don't hear from God anymore? See, Saul was used up by life because of his fear. And life just became this crushing thing for him so that he was afraid of everything. But David got to be used by God because of his faith. And because David responded in faith, because when he sinned, he repented and he changed direction. And because he moved away from what is into what could be in faith in, in God, God did some incredible things in David's life. In fact, Jesus comes from the line of, of David. And God's promise to David was that your, your chin, uh, kin, your legacy, your son will be on the throne forever through Jesus. That could have been Saul. Could have been Saul. Except for fear. So what will be the story of your life? You may not have all the answers today. You may not understand how Jesus is still alive or how he can save your soul or, or even if it's possible for him to turn your life around. But if you never let yourself fall into his grace, you'll never experience the real life waiting for you when you walk by faith. What are you facing right now, today or this week in your life that has you repeating sinful behavior, sinful thoughts, instead of repenting and moving forward? David's faith should give you hope today. To stop repeating and start repenting. To not let fear keep you from what faith wants to bring you to. It's so much better than you can imagine. So this morning, here's your next step. Choose faith. When the fear wells up inside and, and, and you want to go do something else, choose faith. Don't give in to that, that fear. And don't go, well, God's not responding to me and I don't know what to do and the enemies are mounting and so I'm just going to go do my own thing. Stand there in faith. 
Maybe that means today that you make a first-time decision to follow Jesus. Maybe that's been something you've heard about or you've thought about before in your life, but you just never have taken that step because you're afraid of what it might mean. Maybe what your family or friends are going to say. Or maybe here's what I think the biggest fear is in, in, in coming to Jesus and in, in making that decision, that step, and saying, okay, I, I believe. I think the biggest fear is that unknown. And we go, well, if I say yes to God, does that mean I have to say no to every other thing in my life that I've been doing for the last 40 or 50 or 60 years? How's my life going to change? What things do I, do I enjoy doing that I might have to stop doing if I say yes to God? And so, and so that fear causes us to step back from Him. Maybe today you need to stop repeating some sin and instead repent and return to God and walk by faith. I don't know what your next step is going to be today. I don't know what God is laying in, in front of your path this morning, but, but we want to help you take that next step. And so you can do one of two, two things this morning. You can grab your uh, phone and you can go to reallifecc.us and, and you can go to the next steps picture there and click on that. And that has several options for you. Maybe your first time decision, your first step of, of faith um, we've got some information about that, and we want to know if you're ready to take that step because we want to help you do that. Maybe you've been coming to church for a, a long time, and, 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 and you know, but you just never have gone public with your faith. And maybe you believed a long time ago. You just didn't tell anybody. And you've never gone public with it. Maybe your next step is, is to be baptized. And, and so you can click on that next step link and click on baptism. I, I don't know what your next step is. But I know you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to be afraid, and so you can continue to do the same stuff you've always done, and you're going to continue to go, why isn't God being with me? Why isn't God helping me? Why isn't God doing whatever? Even, even while you're rejecting him, right? Or you're going to take a step of faith. And you say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly where God wants to take me, but, but I'm going to step out. I'm going to jump, and I'm going to see what he might want to do in my life. You can do that on the, on the app, reallifecc.us, or maybe you don't have a, a, a smartphone, or maybe you just want to talk to somebody about what that might look like in your life. When the service is over in just a couple minutes, you can go back to the Connection Hub, and there'll be some folks back there to help you walk through those steps and, and help you make that decision and talk you through that. Um, and, and so maybe you need to do that this morning. I don't know what the next step is for you, but I hope that you take that step in faith. You know, if each of us stopped repeating and started repenting, and through that process begin to walk in faith instead of fear, I got to tell you, it'll be scary for us as a church to, to do that. There's some comfort in staying in the same place, right? But, but when you take that step, even though there's fear, it also is an amazing journey. Not a single thing that has ever happened in the Bible or in any person's life who's ever accomplished anything for God was expected by those who are involved. Over and over and over again, you see in Scripture people doing things and they thought, there's no way God would ever use me for this. And yet God does something incredible through them. As they trust God and walk in faith, He directs the steps 
He does things that we cannot believe or imagine. The same thing can be true for you and me today. But we got to walk in faith. God has an amazing plan for you and me, and I think for this church, if we're willing to walk in faith instead of fear. And I hope that like David, you'll find strength in the Lord, even when you're afraid. Let's pray. God, thanks for this day and for loving us in, in spite of our fear. God, thanks for being willing to, to put up with us when we continue in sin. But God, we know that you're not going to be mocked. You're not going to be used. And so at some point you go, hey, if you want to go your own way, then you're going to go your own way. And God, today we don't want to do that. We want to draw that line in the sand and we want to step forward and go, I'm not going to continue the way, living the way I have been. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you call me to do. And so, God, I pray that you would be with us, that you would support us, that, that when we jump off that ledge in faith, that you are there to catch us and that we see things that we could not now imagine. Help us to be a people of that kind of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing one last song. Letting go of